Today's episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network, still online, hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by the Hameen Media Group, hackerhameen.podbean.com. The last three episodes still available for your listening enjoyment, previewing the New Japan Cup, as well as reviewing the Together Project, as well as the first couple rounds of the New Japan Cup. We're also now available at Podcast World Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com. Shout out to Big Ray, Billy Ray, Valentine, and company. Big Ray will be joining me on our next episode as we cover the uh, New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion. Looking forward to that. You can also now find us over at ndpw.com, at thegorillaposition.com, where they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, iHeartRadio. Just search Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Hameen Media sponsored by Vince Russo's The Brand as well as The Brosters, the official coffee of Mr. Vince Russo. We're also brought to you by Stevie Richards Fitness and of course ProWrestlingTees.com, the only place to get the best merch from all of your favorite independent wrestlers as well as a lot of the New Japan talent. On today's show, I'm joined by 8-Track Black, Michael Davis, to discuss the second half of the second round, as well as the quarter and semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Also have some stardom news to talk about, as well as the first episode of New Japan's Lions Break Collision to talk about. So let's go ahead and get into it. But first, my friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. So before we get to this week's reviews in the New Japan Cup with 8-Track Black, I wanted to talk a little bit of stardom, as we did have some news this week. Stardom has announced six shows for the rest of the month. The dates are July 11th, 12th, 17th, 23rd, 24th, and 26th, with the major shows being on the 17th and 26th inside of Corrigan Hall. The shows happening on the 11th and 12th will be held at Shinkiba First Ring, leading to the big show on Friday the 17th inside of Corican. This event is being titled Explode in the Summer and features heavy Donna Del Mundo branding on the artwork. No match announcements for the show as of yet, so it seems that the storylines will be established at the shows on the 11th and 12th. The more interesting set of shows to me is the 23rd, 24th, and 26th, as it appears stardom is going to be running a Summer Cinderella tournament. The show at the 23rd will be held in Osaka, the 24th in Nagoya, and the finals the 26th once again inside of Corican Hall. Stardom Cinderella Tournament typically is a one-night event that's being stretched into three nights this summer. The last tournament was held back in March and was the last show Stardom ran with fans before the pandemic shutdown. Wins occur via traditional pinfall or submission, but also via going over the top rope to the floor like in the Royal Rumble. This stipulation really places a different degree of uncertainty onto the tournament with a lot of upsets that can occur just off a random fluke at any given moment in time. A great example of this is going back to round one of the tournament back in March when both Hannah Kimura and Mayu Iwatani were eliminated during their match in the first round when they both went over the top and hit the floor at the same time. Typically, the winner of the Cinderella tournament receives a beautiful dress and a title match with the champion of their choosing. The winner back in March was Donna Del Mundo's Julia, who requested a match with the then white belt title holder, Arisa Hoshiki. However, since the pandemic has hit, Arisa has announced her retirement and the white belt has been vacated. So if I'm going to put on my booker hat and grab the pencil for this version of the Cinderella tournament, I'd put Julia against the winner of the tournament to challenge for the now vacant white belt. That said, I'm all in on a Tam Nakano becoming summer cinderella who do you want to win the tournament get at me at destino pod on twitter and give me your best suggestions so let's shift to the world of new japan this past friday new japan unleashed their young lions on njpw world with a new series emanating from the ocean view pavilion with their lions break collision anybody who's a fan of championship wrestling from hollywood ocean view pavilion looks very very familiar the show opens with highlights from an interview with carl fredericks hosted by kevin kelly for the official announcement that fredericks has graduated from the young lion program fredericks won the young lion cup last year and it seemed only a matter of time before he graduated so congratulations 
congratulations to Mr. Fredericks, and I'm very interested to see how he's going to be handled going forward, especially once the travel restrictions are lifted. Your first matchup of the episode faces off LA Dojo Young Lions, Alex Coughlin and Clark Connors. 10-minute time limit draw between these two. Really good stuff between these two inside of the Young Lion context. What's even more interesting to me, though, is the rivalry that they're building between these two and seeing Connors' backstage comments in which he says both Coughlin and Connors are competing to see who won't be the last person to graduate from the first class of the LA Dojo. With New Japan's love of long-term story arcs, this could actually be a pretty interesting feud to watch for years to come. Your second matchup of the episode and the main event, only a runtime of 36 minutes on these shows, features newly graduated Fredericks tagging with TJ Perkins, friend of the show, taking on Jeff Cobb and Rocky Romero. Good matchup between these four. Seems that they're actually building a potential feud between Jeff Cobb and Carl Fredericks, which I'm all in for. Also, some potential heat between Fredericks and Rocky Romero, seeds being planted there, with Fredericks saying that Rocky Romero no longer represents the LA Dojo. Good episode for the pilot, absolutely something to keep an eye on in the future. So that's this week's news segment. Let's go ahead, we'll throw it over to the break. A word from our friends over at thebrosters.com. And then this week's Midwest Music Mafia feature from my hometown of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, from their 2006 EP, To Stand Divided. This is Lost Nation with their song, Confidence Now. We'll be right back on the other side of the break to talk some New Japan Cup with 8-Track Black. Stick around. Bro, if you're a real coffee lover, then you've got to try Brosters Limited Edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Available right now at www.thebroasters.com. This limited edition coffee is fresh roasted weekly and shipped directly to your door. You will love the Nicaraguan blend with roasted chocolatey notes when you smell it. Get your Vince Russo Bro Coffee today at thebroasters.com and follow them at Coffee Broasters today on Twitter. Enjoy the best coffee today, bro. From Broasters, Vince Russo Brand, and Hameen Media Group. So we're back for segment two, and as promised, on the front side of the break, I am joined by 8-Track Black, Mr. Michael Davis. Mr. Davis, 8-Track Black, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Um, hope everybody had a great uh, 4th of July week- weekend. Um, but now it's time to talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's right, because they don't celebrate the 4th of July in Japan. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. There you go. All right, man, we're here. We're going to talk about the basically the right half of the second round, and then we'll jump into the quarterfinals and semifinals. Uh, one of the things that I'm kind of asking all of the co-hosts is I have them on the show here. What are you making of these empty arena shows? Are the empty arena shows working for you? Oh, well, I, I, I personally enjoy the empty arena shows in New Japan because it's not, you know, Comedy, comedy, like shit, like we're seeing in uh, WWE and uh, AEW, because everybody, everybody is wanting to see the, the sports presentation for both AEW WWE, but we're not seeing that. At least we, when we see, when we watch uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's it's basically the sports presentation you always wanted, wanted in America, and I think they doing a pretty good job with the interview shows. I, I personally enjoy them. As long as we don't have to watch Romu versus uh, Yano too many times, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. 
Not a whole lot of sports presentation there, although we will talk about that as it comes to Dominion because our good friend Seth Kennedy, yeah, Seth Kennedy, he went out and he uh, he, he threw something very, very evil into the universe. And I'm going to have to get your thoughts on that as we talk about Dominion here in just a little bit. But we got to start off with the right side of the bracket. Wednesday, July 1st is when this show went down from an empty Corican Hall. And the show kicked off, as predicted on this show last week, Yoshihashi versus Bushi, with Yoshihashi getting the big win over Bushi with Karma in 10 minutes and 22 seconds. And as far as a Yoshihashi match goes, I thought this was pretty good, but we would start seeing what would become the end of Yoshihashi's run here very, very quickly, as it seems as though he's going to be out with a knee injury for a while. Yeah, as far as this match between Boosie, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it was, it was a, a big win, because you know how Boosie is. Um, as well, Yoshihashi, um, not really a big fan of his. I think he's pretty boring, but it, is, it does, does kind of suck that he is gonna be out for it with a knee injury, especially what he did what happened to him later on in, in the New Japan Cup. But other than that, it was a pretty good opener. I mean, two boring wrestlers open up, so I mean. I'm fine with that. See, now here I thought you were a fan of Bushi. You're, you're not a Bushi guy? No, no, I told you he always needed help when uh, he when he always needed help with um, uh, Shingo and Huomo. He always taking a pen uh, every time in a tag team match. I told you he needs help regardless of what, what's going on. I just don't know what kind of help is out there for Bushi. Well, he, he, he's one-third of the six-man championships that nobody cared about. There is that. There is that. LIJ still walking around with seven belts. Let's move on to our second matchup. This one was a whole lot better. Sonata defeats Show in 14 minutes and 43 seconds with the skull end. Two different uh, arenas to approach this thing from, 8-Track. I mean, it, it, we, we've got 8-Track Brown. And Billy Ray Valentine sending me messages because they're pissed off about how Sonata is being treated throughout this tournament. Of course, we'll talk about Sonata again when we get to the semifinals. So I guess let's start with Show. What do you think of Show showing so far inside of the tournament, defeating Shingo Takagi, and then this almost 15-minute match against Sonata? I think Show is doing a hell of a job in New Japan right now, especially in as a singles uh, superstar. Um I, I personally think he would be a, a, a single champion down the road. Or, I mean, maybe... I, I even predict that later on, later this year, he's going to be joining the, uh, the UN Climax. I per- personally think that he's that damn good. And I feel I feel, I feel feel sorry for his, his partner, Yo. Because Yo is pretty much the more Dinelli of the group. Yeah. While, while So is turning to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. That, that, guy is, that guy is pretty damn good, man. Yeah, he's fantastic. And now we're also hearing that Yo is going to be out with an injury. Uh, I don't know the severity of Yoshihashi's injury at this point, but I have heard that Yo has torn his ACL. So Yo is going to be out of action for at least nine months to a year. So I guess now is the time. If there was ever a time to push Yo as that single star, might as well strike while the iron is hot and his tag team partner is on the shelf. That definitely, I did, I did not. I didn't hear about uh, about his knee injury being an ACL. That 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 sucks. That that it's never fun to have an ACL. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's time to pull the trigger on a, a show singles one while Yo is out with an injury. I think it's it's, it's definitely time. Now we do know that Show is going to have a big singles match coming up at Dominion, taking on Shingo for the Never Title. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Yo and Show, Rapunky 3K, they are still holding the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships. What do you want to see happen? Do you want to see them vacate those titles, or do you want to see somehow we get Rocky Romero into the country and maybe Yo and Rocky defend the titles? Well, if you're going to be out for nine months, I think it's best for them to just uh, relinquish the t- championship. I mean, you can't be walking around with the championship if, you, if, you can't, if you're not going to defend it. I mean, Brock Lesnar. Um, right. It's just, it, it, and we don't know how long this travel ban gonna be uh, happening. So it, I don't know how Rocky gonna come into the, the to Japan and defend the championship with Show. I think it's best to vacate, vacate the championships. And you want to put the Neville, Neville championship on on Show? Go ahead. 
It's going to be interesting to see how the booking of that match plays out. I'm interested to see what happens with the junior tag titles because that junior tag division right now, especially, it's awful light. Yeah, they need any need, need more bias in, in that uh, tag division. Um, I don't know. I don't know uh, how many junior tag championship tag, uh, tag teams they have right now, but I know it's not a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, El Fatalmo is in, in in Japan. No, he's in Canada. I mean, team, I, oh fuck. Yeah. So, I I mean it's it's yeah we need they need, they gotta do something with that junior division because we don't know how long these these guys gonna be in their specific uh states in their con- in countries once uh things things start op- opening up. Yeah, the Young Bucks just left that junior tag division in absolute shambles. Hell, the only one that even comes to mind off the top of my head would be El Desperado and Kanemaru. I can't even think of another like actual team inside of that junior division off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I, I can't either. It's just the Young Bucks, or the, or the Young Fucks, as I would call them, they literally just buried that junior tag team division just because they wanted to go on to half of heavy race to put their at the heavy race but they're not they're not really have a race they're still doing the flippy flop shit in AEW. so why why can't i take them seriously at heavy race yeah and their style never even really evolved inside of new japan when they did make the the move from junior to heavyweight exactly it's just it's the same old shit yeah no unfortunately i agree Let's talk about your six-man clusterfuck tag match. L.I.J., Hiromu, Shingo, and Naito defeat the team of Yota Suji, Yano, and Ishii. I was very curious what they were doing with this entire setup, especially with Ishii and Naito being inside of the same match. But it seemed as though this was just more about Hiromu and Yano, and I'm just over it. Yeah, I... I I saw that match with Yano and Huomo. I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, this is. Yeah, this I I I, I know that uh, Huomo had had a a scary past with Yano, the cutting his hair, but now it started to get ridiculous. You had you had the match, Huomo won. Just get over it. And Yano, we we all know how how bad Yano is, so we're not gonna even discuss that. But let's just move on with this. That's uh, bullshit. Interested to talk about this next matchup with you as Tai Chi defeats Kota Ibushi in 18 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, I, I do know that there are some members over at the, the PW Hustle Networks that are very, very unhappy about this. But I got to say, man, I kind of saw this coming. I mean, it, it, it seemed very, very clear to me. And now we have the official announcement. It's going to be the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. against the Golden Aces at Dominion for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. I guess the real question is, did they protect Ibushi enough inside of this match with having the Iron Fist come into play in the finish? I mean, because nobody's going to survive that. You, you get hit in the mouth with an Iron Fist. Obviously, you're going to go down, but was it enough for you to protect Ibushi from the reign of Tai Chi? Well, I feel like uh, Gato saw my tweet about um, uh, upsets because I said that it's not a tournament without a couple of upsets. I did not expect this to be an upset. I did not expect fucking Tai Chi to beat Kota Ibushi. I don't care if there's any like if there's a, there was a lot of interference. I don't care if there's an iron, iron fist. Kota Ibushi should have won this match, but I understand why how they why they wanted why why they wanted Taichi to win because he wanted to set up the tag team match between him and Saber Junior versus Ibushi and, and uh, Tanahashi. But I I I hated this match. I but as far as uh, protecting him, I think they did, they did enough to protect him protect him. Because you had an interference from Sasha Junior, you had the Iron Fist coming to play. I think being him dirty and without being him, being him clean is the right, right way to go here. But I fucking Tyce. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Shout out to Ice-T Shane. Not only did uh, Tai Chi make it out of the first round, he also makes it out of the second round, beating both members of the Golden Aces. We, we, we got a little bit of hate mail. I don't know if you heard because we, d- we didn't give Tai Chi a whole lot of love inside of the preview because I thought Tanahashi was going to put him down. Then it seemed clear Ibushi should put him down. And yet, Tai Chi moving on to the quarterfinals. What are they doing, man? Are, is this working for you? Is the elevation of Tai Chi even to an intercontinental level? Can you buy into Tai Chi at that level? Not, not, not at all. But then again, I, I did, I, I didn't, I didn't buy a Miz being a uh, intercontinental champion, and he ended up, ended up winning by, about like eight times. But I'll take Miz over Tai Chi any day of the week, because. Tai Chi, whatever that time, every time he see, I see him, Tai Chi, I just want to punch him in the face. The guy just look like a fucking deuce. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just no, I don't know why he got, he has that girl around him, around him all the time. I mean, he's not, he's, he, he's not. I, I just can't, can't stand Tai Chi. I can't stand him. And we haven't even seen Miho the entire tour. That's the best part of his whole act is Miho Abe. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Mio, we haven't seen uh uh Tokyo Latino. I mean, I mean everybody just like every all the hot chicks, uh, uh, everybody in New Japan, every every hot chick in New Japan is not not even don't want to be near these losers because they know they know better that they hang out with these these jobbers. Well, we talk about hot chicks that hang out with jobbers, and I guess that brings us to evil. Um, evil, of course, engaged to Io Shirai. How in the world that ever happened? I don't think I'll ever understand. But we got to see Evil defeat Hiroki Goto. And boy, was there a celebration inside of the Chargo household. I can assure you of that. Down goes Roman Reigns in 18 minutes and 25 seconds. But it seems as though we're getting a bit of a story here with Evil, where he's actually embracing his namesake. What is going on with Evil all of a sudden? Well, it's about time he started showing his evil ways, no pun intended. And but um, I I I wanted uh, Goto to be part of that uh, fair, like final four, and he just he was just busting my bracket. But um, it was a pretty good match. Um, I, I, I mean, evil. I like how he does the whole magic killer when the, when the referee, and uh, you know you know how how he does that. I, I think that that's that's pretty cool. But that's the only thing I like about evil. But, but it, it, it was just. I'm with you. Oh, go, go ahead. I'm with you, man. I just, I, I don't get evil. I just don't. All right. And I, I've said many times that, you know, Bushi is obviously the low man inside of LIJ. But as if we're going to rank them in, in like my, how I feel about them, I feel like evil is the low man inside of LIJ. I just, I don't get evil. I've never got evil, especially inside of now a basically babyface faction. I've, I've just never felt like evil even works. And I just, I can't buy into the guy. I don't know what it is, but it's like when I watch an evil match, every evil match feels like I'm watching the same match. So he, he basically the Bray Wyatt of New Japan. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, I call Tai Chi the Miz of New Japan, so you nailed the hell out of that one. I can get behind that. I can get behind, you know, Evil Fiend. I can get behind that. Because Evil has, has this, like, so-called like dark and mythical uh, gimmick, same as Bray Wyatt, but... Every time you see him in, in, in the ring, every time he does a promo, every time he he has has a match, he, the, the guy's trash, and you can't take him seriously as, as a as as a as a huge threat as a heel or or face. So I never got the evil gimmick, and I never got the whole Bray Wyatt gimmick, and I definitely I, I'm sick and tired of this fiend gimmick that he has now. Is a they they pretty much killed that gimmick ever in, in hell at hell so. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. As far as evil goes, I know that you're also a Ring of Honor watcher. Were you watching ROH when Watanabe was on excursion in ROH? Did he work for you as a wrestler then? Is it just the gimmick? Like, if we repackage him, would that work? Uh, yeah, I I was I did watch him when he was in Ring of Honor. I actually saw him live in my first uh on my the first show I went to in Ring of Honor and. He w- it was pretty good. I mean, I, I did enjoy him uh, as Watanabe. Uh, I think 
if we have him like be like a bear face uh, type character, I think it will work wonderful for him. But this whole evil BS is, is not working. Yeah, I'm with you. Like that right now, I feel like the most entertaining part of his entire act is the uh, the the Japanese play by play commentator doing the whole like evil thing when he makes his way to the ring. That's that's the only thing I like about evil. Let's move on to uh, Thursday, July 2nd. This would be the uh, the quarterfinal round, and I, I was not disappointed in this show. When I look at this show, this might be my favorite show of the entire tournament so far. The show starts off with Hiromu Takahashi defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 19 minutes and 29 seconds via a time bomb. I predicted on this show before the New Japan Cup started I wanted Hiromu to win this tournament. Go ahead and give me Hiromu versus Tetsuya Naito. That was clearly the plan going into the anniversary show at the beginning of March. This seems like a great way to pick things back up. I was worried about this match. It it was a matter of can Hiromu get past Ishii? And boy, did Hiromu get past Ishii. I thought this was a star-making performance for both guys. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, This this match was... Has gotta be one of one of the best matches of the New Japan Cup. Um, I, I did not. I was not disappointed in this match. Um, I am a, I am surprised that uh, Hormo was a little bit taller than uh, than Ishii. It was and it was surprising, you know, wasn't it? Seeing him face to face. Yeah, he almost towered uh, Ishii, and, and the fact that he was able to uh, like pretty much throw him around, throw him around like a rat dog is is impressive too. Because I, I always thought that. You know, Juan will not be known for his strength, and uh, having him uh, get thrown, thrown, having them thrown around EC was pretty damn cool, and it was very, very impressive by Juan. Shout out to my friend Chris Samsa on Twitter. Uh, he actually pointed out that going into this match, this was the largest competitor that Hiromu had been in the ring with since he returned from excursion. Ishii weighing in at 220 pounds. Hiromu, of course, the junior heavyweight champion. But as I'm watching this entire tournament unfold, Michael, I, I got to say, I'm getting a little worried that they're going to push Hiromu on the Tai Chi path, on the Will Ospreay path, where they're going to take him from junior heavyweight. You're going to stick him into that never division. He'll win the never title and then go full-blown heavyweight. And I just don't think I want to see Hiromu as a heavyweight. Uh, I, I don't want to see that either. Um, I think... You need Huomo in that uh, dream division because he's he's a he's the main star in that dream division because you know I mean because he is gone, Osprey is gone to the heavy rate. I mean all the big name juniors are, are gone. He's like your only big name junior in there, but aside from uh Ishi, uh yeah. So I think I think it'd be best for him to just stay in the dream division for as long as long as he 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 wants. Don't don't force him to go out to, to the heavy division. I don't think. It's best for him to stay in the junior division and be the continue to be the face in that division. Last week on the show, our, our co-host John Enright said that Tomohiro Ishii is like pizza. Sometimes you get a great pizza, but a pizza is still a pizza, and it's always a really good pizza. And Tomohiro Ishii is pizza. He's always really good. I thought this was an absolute standout match for Tomohiro Ishii, seeing him work with a junior, because that's something that we just don't see all the time. Yeah, I, it, it was great seeing uh, him work uh, Huomo. I I did cringe a little bit when he uh, threw that close line and Huomo landed on his neck. Uh-huh. I, I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, I it, honestly thought he, honestly thought he broke his neck. It, it absolutely turned him inside out, and he landed flat on his head. And and that to me was the second scariest bump of this match when Romu gave Ishii the brain buster and just plain dropped him on his freaking head. Just plain dropped him on the crown of his dome. It's a good thing that Ishii doesn't have a neck, otherwise it would have been broken. Yeah, definitely. It's just, he, he, they almost, almost broke each other's necks, and I I just hope that Romu does, does continue to just, just don't do do crazy crazy, crazy stunts, cause I I pray I honestly afraid he got break his neck again in one of these situations. 
Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely a concern that crosses my mind every twice in a while. Let's talk about Evil and Yoshihashi. Probably for longer than the match goes. The match goes all of two minutes before the referee stops it. Yoshihashi limps his way into the ring, and then Evil just beats the ever-loving tar out of his knee with chairs, of course, before the bell rings, thus it's not a disqualification. But this was a nasty beatdown from Evil to Yoshihashi. I know they were writing Yoshihashi off TV for a while, but damn! Uh, this was my bathroom break match. I, I, as soon as I saw this match happen, I just went to the bathroom. I just knew it was going to be a shit show. And I I mean, Yoshihashi just get, like, get, his, get his ass kicked. It's just... It's it's still it's just so it's not it's not really uh new new. We always see him get his ass kicked, and this was a, a, a no no exception to that. Evil does not taking no bullshit, just kicking kicking the crack out of Yoshihashi. I enjoy watching Yoshihashi getting his ass kicked because I don't like Yoshihashi. So you know it's 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 a highlight of the show for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean Yoshihashi. Hopefully, he gets he gets well soon. But um, the whole him being part of chaos just uh just a does not work. Just, it's just like it's lackluster. I don't know why he part of chaos. It's just he doesn't do he doesn't do nothing for that for that group. No, I completely agree. Uh, let's talk about your six man clusterfuck tag. Lij Bushi Shingo and Naito defeat the team of Uamura Sho and Goto, and this match was really all built around the impending never open weight championship match between Shingo and show their post-match interaction was absolutely fantastic show sitting there staring at the never open weight title. And Shingo's like, what you want this? You, you, no, you want, you want the tag belt. You want the tag belt. And shows like, no, no, I want the singles title. And Shingo's like, get the fuck out of here. Come on, get out of here. Walk. Walk away. It was fantastic. I love watching Shingo. Shingo is one of my favorites. Yeah, he, he started to become one of my favorites, too, ever since he came to New Japan. Um, the, the interaction they had him and uh, Show had during his match was just, it was insane. They It was a very hard-hitting, hard-hitting um, uh, interaction or encounter. And I just, it, make, it makes me more hype of their match at uh, Dominion for the Network uh, Championship. Also got to shout out Bushi in this match because he uh, he's actually the guy who gets the pinfall over Uemura with a spinning code breaker. That's new. I like that. Yeah, uh, Bushi finally getting uh, pins here is 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 good to watch and good for him to get get and get the pin. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it, the only time that Bushi ever gets wins is when he's in there with a young lion. Sad but true. Let's talk about Okada and Ishimori. Match goes 16 minutes and 52 seconds as the final member of Bullet Club is eliminated from this tournament with a Cobra Clutch. Okada just, he really just kind of beat up Ishimori in this match. It seems like we're getting a little bit bored and slightly perturbed version of Okada inside of this tournament who's just going out and tapping everybody out with the worst looking Cobra Clutch that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, you can just tell by uh, uh, by the body language and, and just the way he looks. Okada's give it to anymore. <laughs> he's just, he's just out there just being everybody's ass. Whether that's uh junior junior race or heavy race, the past prime. Um, I mean, Okada, his his matches, his first two matches against uh, Gato and uh, Nagata were not that impressive. It was, it was not that good. Oh, the Gato match was awful. The Gato match was awful. Call a spade a spade, man. That match was awful. Yeah, it was. It was fucking awful. Um, but it, it, and I mean, the match shouldn't have been the main event. I mean, you, you had you already had a good match with uh, Nagata and, and Suzuki. That should have been the main event of the show. But of course, it's Okada, and, and so you gotta be the main event of, of the show. And as far as his match against Nagata, it was it was just it was I didn't uh, enjoy it that much either. But the matches against uh Ishimori and the next match you gotta have in the next round were two of my favorite matches from from Okada. What do you make of this entire Cobra Clutch thing? Like, what what what's going on with Okada wanting to tap people out all of a sudden? Because I, I I feel very disconnected from this story. 
Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the, the thing think of this. Um, I mean, every time, every match that we had, he has in the New Japan Cup. He always gets the Cobra Clubs. He does it a year to make Waymaker as his finisher anymore. And I don't know. He got to be move moving past that. You gonna want to be more a submission type type guy. But I, I mean, Okada using the, the Cobra Clubs is just not really my, my thing. I mean, he he needs to stick with the Waymaker or use the the Tombstone as, as his finisher to stick the to spin Tombstone or bring back Red Ink. Like you already have a submission move. You don't. You don't need a shitty looking Cobra Clutch. Yeah, uh, I think um, somewhere down the line, uh, been on me is probably sending himself is just pissed off that he using this city as Cobra Clutch. Yeah, it just it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Sonata defeats Tai Chi in 22 minutes and 50 seconds with an O'Connor Bridge. Um, tai Chi in another main event. Sonata goes out there, and we'll talk about Sonata here in a minute because Billy Ray Valentine and A-Track, man, dude, they, they blew up my phone yesterday about how New Japan Pro Wrestling is mishandling Sonata. And I just, I'm tired of defending Sonata. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, it's like, look in the mirror, and the problem is you. Well, with, with Billy Ray Valentine, I got, like, I got a little, little bit of heat for that for him because this this is a guy that literally closed down New Japan Pro Wrestling because he didn't he wanted he he wanted to see Kota Ibushi as a world champion, and when New Japan didn't, didn't want that, that uh, he just like no I got I close you down, you you done you you close down, and there's like that that's it's silly to me that's that's like me closing out Wild Women Wrestling because they didn't put the, the belt on Amber No, I mean, it's, right? it's ridiculous. Right, absolutely absurd. Love you, Billy Ray. Love you. Let's uh let's move on to Friday, January third, as we we get into the uh, semifinals to figure out who is going on to the finals in Osaka Joe Hall, Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi defeat the team of Gabriel Kidd, Nagata, Ibushi, and Tanahashi. And if anybody didn't know what was going on with this entire story with Tai Chi, you absolutely had it figured out by the time this eight-man clusterfuck was over. Yeah, that definitely. Um, again, I I can't stand Tai Chi, and, ho- and I can't I can't stand that little that little, little uh, skinny uh, uh piece of shit uh Sam Zayn Jr. Hopefully, Kota Ibushi and uh Tanahashi retain these ties at Dominion. I mean, I don't want to see go around any any of these guys racist from Suzuki. I mean, I thought I thought Sabi that same Jr. will team up with um, Suzuki. Yeah, what, right. What happened with that? What's up with that? I don't know. They just—it's like they refuse to push Minoru Suzuki to a certain point. You know. I'm pretty sure uh, I mean, if Minoru Suzuki continue to get uh, just uh, like he continues to get pushed down to the card, he probably got murder somebody. And I got—I got to laugh. Because this guy deserves to be world champion. This guy to, to, to be like the IC champion. And he's just, he's, he's have all the gold. Uh, this guy is that damn good. He's money every time he's in the ring. I mean, he's just the most believable guy in all of professional wrestling at this point. You know, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Let's talk about chaos. Show Ishii Goto defeat the team of Bushi Shingo and Naito with with Show going over Bushi with the Shock Arrow. Just more build to this uh, never open weight championship match. And at this point, as I'm watching all of these shows, I'm starting to get fatigued, man. Because like this match in particular, especially without fans, just felt like a total mess for me. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's just some of these matches that that you see, or just it would, it would it would be a lot better if there's fans and attendance. It's just it's just like you know watching matches like in New Japan, watching matches like freaking Dane Bryant and AJ Styles on SmackDown. That match to be to have a crowd. No, I don't care what I don't care what where what what the the situation is. That's match to be the uh have have a crowd, not this corporate crowd you have on on TV every week. Being fucking robots, and it just it just feels just it feels empty. Not not no no pun intended. It feels empty having these matches in the empty arena with no crowd. 
especially inside of Corican, because it's amazing how much the people actually deaden the sound in that building. I mean, sometimes you'll actually hear commentary like bleeding over the the mics for the ring because it's just the sound echoes in that room. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. It, it feels weird seeing Corrigan Hall uh, that empty for a news panel show. It really, it really is. Yep, absolutely. Let's move on to our first semifinal matchup is the Battle of Tag Team Partners, the Battle of Los Ingobernobles de Japón. That'll be $50, Mr. Rhodes. Evil defeats Sonata in 20 minutes and 13 seconds. But more importantly, it seems like Evil just took his entire relationship with Sonata and threw it in the trash as he continues to embrace his even more so everything is evil side. Is, are, 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 is evil just going to leave LIJ when all this is over? Is, is that where this is going? I, I personally think he should because you, you can't go out and, and attack your, your statement like that and that and not, you know, be still be part of the group. I mean, if, if I was the leader of the group, I would be like, you know, evil, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to disrespect our very own statement like that. You damn near killed him. Let alone the fact that Evil is actually going for a shot at his stable leader if he can win the New Japan Cup. I mean, a mashup with Tetsuya Naito at Dominion for both belts. I don't see how this ends well for LIJ if Evil is the guy that goes on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be trouble of paradise for, uh, for LIJ. It just, it, just ever, it just goes down in uh, Dominion. Let's talk about the Jargo Dream Mash. I said on Twitter, and I absolutely mean it. There are not two characters in all of the world of professional wrestling that I am more invested in than Kazuchika Okada and Hiromu Takahashi coming face-to-face, and they go 27 minutes. This match was absolutely freaking fantastic. Another banger for Hiromu in there with a heavyweight. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have enough. He hits him with a dynamite plunge. He hits him with a time bomb. Hell, he even hit him with a fucking rainmaker. And he just didn't have enough to put Kazuchika Okada down. Yeah, this this match was incredible. Uh, another another, ma- another great match for Hawamo. And, I mean, forget about Evil being MVP of the, the New Japan Cup. This, this guy be Hawamo. This guy... Oh, yeah. This guy proved that he 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 is deserving of being that junior heavyweight championship, to be junior heavyweight champion. And yeah, he got got out there and gave all he all he could against Okada, but he just wasn't enough. And Okada Okada just like you know fuck this shit. Hit him with, a rain, with like two three rainmakers that damn near killed him. And with the Cobra Clutch, he passed passed out. And for he didn't tap out, he passed out. That shows you how, 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 how much guts Hormo has. And I think the biggest thing about this show that's being lost on the American audience, this was the first time in 30 years that New Japan Pro Wrestling has been live on television in prime time in Japan. The first time in 30 years. Of course Okada is going to be in the main event. And no matter who is in the ring opposite of Okada, it's going to be a star-making performance. This was the moneymaker rainmaker right here. And he went out and he made Hiromu absolutely a star in front of all of the country of Japan. As soon as I saw that this match was announced to be the main event of the show, I knew Okada was winning because you knew after the match they were going to have Okada standing there with a microphone to address the Japanese fans. But I thought Hiromu just absolutely held up his end of this match, and it was a star-making performance. I, I feel like Hiromu's stock, while it was already through the roof, is 100 times higher after this match with Okada. I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I had a feeling that Okada win this match, too. I, 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 I had... I I had a feeling I wanted I wanted to pick Hawamu to win this match, but I, I just knew that Okada was gonna win. I mean, Okada was is just just too good, and just, he's not gonna get embarrassed by a junior. I mean, see, we see him all the time losing against. Uh, to see him on the con the whole time facing against juniors. It's just like you know, I'm not I'm not gonna lose to you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm You 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 below you below me. 
I'm not going to lose to you. And so he just goes out there and just kick the left side out, out of these juniors. And I think the thing that is such a testament to this match and how good this match was, was there's a lot of people like you and I. There's a lot of people that knew Okada's going to win this match. It's the main event to move on to the finals inside of Osaka Joe Hall, the first time we're going to have fans back. It's the first time on primetime television in 30 years. It's the first time that you know we can have our ace with a live microphone actually speak to the Japanese audience. Hiromu can go out there and make himself a star, even in defeat. We, we knew all of this going into the match, and they still got me. I still thought Hiromu was going to win this match a couple of times inside of this match. I thought Hiromu had him. That's how good this freaking match was. Yeah, it just, it, it just, when matches that, that, that good, it just really is, you know, we don't know, if we don't know who was actually going to win, it, it just makes it, makes the match more, more, uh, a lot more better. Cause, oh, go, go, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, the, to me, this is the same way I, I always jung, judge young lion matches. Like, you and I both know, you, you can put a young lion in there with Doki, all right, who I consider to be one of the lowest guys on the card, right? But if it's a singles match between Doki and a young lion, Doki's going to win. Like, without question, Doki's going to win because the young lions lose. And we all know this. We know the pattern. We know how this is going to go. But if that young lion can go out there and put on a good enough show that I think at any given moment during that match, holy shit, he's going to win this match. That's a good young lions match. I felt very much the same way about Hiromu and Okada. If at any point Hiromu could convince me, holy shit, Hiromu is actually going to beat fucking Okada. Then it was a success, right? He got me twice in this match. Twice he got me. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely. Um, Akata and Hormo, it's just I I was on the edge of my seat in this match. It's just, I, honestly, I mean, I was actually surprised that they they had Hormo go out there and hit with have so many so much offense against Akata, and it was it was a lot a lot a lot of moments that I thought he got actually win this match, but. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly be surprised that Okada won this, won this match. No, not at all, because it's Okada. And he's Okada, you know? I mean, it's it's Okada. We, we know better. It's fucking Okada. We know better. <laughs> Romu got us twice. And props to Okada for actually taking a sunset bomb. He's the first guy I think I've seen actually take that move since Hiromu returned. Like, he always teases it, but he never actually hits it. Fucking Okada goes out there on national TV and takes a sunset bomb. Crazy motherfucker. Wow. Shout out to the Rainmaker. So let's let's do a preview here. Saturday, July 11th, the New Japan Cup final is going down. I have the full card here for you. It's going to be Great Bash Heel, Makabe, and Honma taking on the Young Lions team of Yota Suji and Uemura. Spoiler alert, Young Lions not going to win that match. Just saying. Tenkozi, Tenzan, and Kojima take on the LA Dojo team of Hiroki Goto and Gabriel Kidd. And this is the one I really want to talk to you, man. This is the big one. This is like epic level shit. As Doki takes on Master Wado. Master Wado. Kawado-san makes his grand return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they got him dressed up like a freaking wizard. What in the hell is a Master Wado? I have no idea. I'm soon so I confused. Soon as soon as I saw this guy appear on on New Japan, uh, I was like, I was like, Conor McGregor, Greg, who the fuck is this guy? Is this? <laughs> I, I I don't know what. I have no words for this. Is this Master Wado? Is this like the vignettes they were playing? Is like look like like some. Cheesy WWE shit, and I I don't I don't know what how what how to feel about this. I mean, I mean going to going up against Doki, which I I believe is the Dallas Doe version of El Desperado, and I I mean I see Matt Dorado winning, and 
I don't know what's gonna happen from there. I, I, I see him team up with freaking uh, Taguchi in the next two months. You know, I almost want Doki to beat Master Wado in his debut, and have like Naito and Hiromu come out and be like, "No, don't do this. Don't do this. Just come with us. Just, just come on. Just you've already got like blue hair and shit. Like just, just come with us." Because this Master Wado thing, it's it's not gonna work. This is Stardust <laughs> Genius all over again, man. Like, no, this, no, the the fans are not gonna buy into Master Wado. And I like Kawato, but no, no, this, no, this is not gonna work. <laughs> Lij Sonata and Bushi take on Bullet Club's representation on the show. Yujiro Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. Man, Bullet Club is hurting. Um, basically the way I understand it at this point, we have the Tongans, we have Switchblade Jay White, we have Kenta, um, Haiku Leo, uh, it, they're all in Florida. El Phantasmo is stuck in freaking Canada. Bad Luck Fale is stuck in freaking New Zealand at the dojo. Like Bullet Club is hurting right now. Yeah, Chase Owens is hanging out with little boys, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot all about Chase Owens. I, where the hell is Chase Owens? Well, last time I checked, uh, uh, he's uh, got the allegations. He's part of the allegations of the sexual uh, oh, misconduct, shit. kind of BS. And, I mean, yeah, it's it, it very, uh, it very forgetful to forget. To forget it very, it's not that, uh, you know, it's just... Chase Owens is very forgetful anyway, so if he part of, if he's not gonna be part of the, uh, the New Japan with the, with the Bull Club. I, I, you can see, I see what, that he's not gonna be part of it because you know the, the allegations, and we know how we have, I don't know how long it be. I don't know how they didn't deal with these allegations with uh, Chase Owens. The actual Bull Club, um, <laughs> the actual Bullet Club, the real guys in Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Uh, yeah, uh, Bullet Club is dead. I mean, the Bullet Club has been dead ever since AJ, AJ Love, King Omega Love. I mean, I heard that Bella Fale, I heard him saying that, that, that when the Elite came in, they pretty much killed the Bullet Club. And, and I, I can completely agree. Because when the Young Bucks and King Omega came in, it wasn't about the Bullet Club for them. It was about, uh, you know, kill, like, you know, building up their, their, um, their, um, Momentum, not really building up the momentum of the bull club, and that—that's where they hurt. See, hurt them. Now, to me, I—I I kind of agree and I kind of disagree with that statement, because to me, when the elite was originally formed, when it was just Kenny and the Bucks, I felt like Bullet Club was fine. You know, to to, to steal the phrase, right? I felt like Bullet Club was fine. I was fine with the elite. I was fine with the Bucks coming out with Kenny for his big matches and stuff while he's out there losing Okada. I was fine with all of that. To me, when it really changed is when Cody came into the picture. To me, that's when everything changed and it became the elite versus the Bullet Club. It's all fucking Cody's fault. Yeah, I I, I got to agree with that. I mean, ever since Cody came in, it's just... It was a complete uh, disaster, and I not it was and, and not not a, blue, a beautiful disaster in, in that. Um, it's just the whole Bullet Club uh, elite and Bullet Club OG's uh, storyline was just was I, I didn't I mean the only thing it was all about Cody and Kenny. It wasn't about the the rest of the Bullet Club members. Right. It's just they they always make it about them, and I I glad I'm glad that Tom Tonga is like fuck this shit, you you're out of here, no if and the buzz about it you, you got to fired. And then since then, they uh, Tom and Jay White and them they try to make the book of their image again, but it's just, it's not it's not working. It's not like the old uh, old days where uh, Prince David and Eighty Dollars came in. It's just it's not it's not the book. It's not the same anymore. I have faith in Switchblade. I'm not so sure about the rest. You know, as far as the the upper echelon. Of the Bullet Club goes, maybe, maybe, uh, you, maybe they they need a new machine gun. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe a machine gun. 
Let's talk about Taguchi Japan. Taguchi Nagata, Tanahashi, and Ibushi take on the Suzuki-Gun team of Suzuki, El Desperado, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. That, of course, is a, a preview to the big uh, IWGP heavyweight championship match at uh, Dominion. Chaos, Ishii, Yano, and Sho take on uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón, Naito, Shingo, and Hiromu. And then in the final, it'll be Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. This will be their fifth time squaring off. Kazuchika Okada leads the series three matches to one. Evil's only victory over Okada last year during the G1 Climax. Now, you know, as I look at this thing, everything says to me, Okada and Naito, right? Even if you you can make a case for the whole LIJ, like, advancing that storyline, okay, cool. And then I saw this stat. In the five years since Dominion has moved to Osaka Joe Hall, guess who has been in the main event every year? Kazuchika Okada. If you have to sell tickets, you put Kazuchika Okada on the poster, and he's the man who makes it rain money. He puts asses in seats. But, of course, this is only going to be a third-capacity Osaka Joe Hall. So, Michael Davis, does Evil stand a chance of making this series three matches to two? Uh, this is this, it's funny because the, the guy that wins the New Japan Cup it's tendency to, to, to lose against Naito in Dominion. And part of me wants to, wants to have Okada win here to be a, a back-to-back a New Japan Cup winner. But if they want to have uh, Naito keep these titles, I think it's best for you to just have Evo win the New Japan Cup, have Naito beat him, and maybe that's, that's straight up uh, Evo's at and not being a much of a bastard in the group, and that they can go out on their uh out, out on their way of doing a fist pump and call it the call a night. I'm so torn on this because I, I I do agree that if Evil wins this match, he goes to Dominion and he loses to Tetsuya Naito. If Kazuchika Okada ends up in the final against Tetsuya Naito, I can make a case that they go ahead and switch the titles. I can actually make that case, you know, with the whole recovering from the pandemic and we just had our first live show in 30 years on television and Okada was the last guy that they saw and Okada was the one that talked to all the Japanese fans. Okada has no interest in the Intercontinental Championship, so Naito can keep that. We split up the titles again. Like, I I can make a case for Okada to win at Dominion. I can't do that for evil. I mean, if Okada wins the New Japan Cup and he does go on to face the, uh, the Naito at Dominion, I think I think he should just you know have uh, Okada to take the heavyweight championship if he doesn't care about the IT championship, and so that way everything is back to normal. There's no nobody walking around with two two championship belts. And and, and if, we would further the story of why Tetsuya Naito hates the Intercontinental Championship so much. Congratulations! Here's your losers' trophy. <laughs> exactly, and it does make. I mean, it, it does. I mean, having a Okada versus Naito will sell tickets. And, and it is a, a short Naito, build. It's only a 24-hour build after the final until Dominion in Osaka. Yeah, you have Naito taking on Okada. I mean, the last like, like the last time they fought, they fought was at was the Kingdom 14, and if these two ha- have a, have their well, these two in the main in the main event, if if Okada takes on Naito, probably wants to see Okada take the heavyweight championship and have have Naito keep the IC title. But I'm pretty sure they're not gonna have Naito Naito lose the championship anytime soon. I mean, they just got off the, the pandemic. He just start start off the start start doing shows again. I think it's a little, just a little bit too soon to have Naito lose the lose the titles. I thought it was interesting uh, earlier. La- well, I guess it was last week at this point because it's now Sunday as we sit down to record this. Um, it, it was last week. Naito said in an interview he thought he was going to have to vacate both titles. 
that they were just going to suspend all of the titles where they were, and then you know have once everybody came back, basically hold a tournament to see who would win the championships. Um, so I wonder if there is a thought out there. Go ahead and and get the championship back on Okada. As as messed up as that sounds, because I'm with you. I, I I thoroughly believe at the end of Dominion, Tetsuya Naito is going to be still standing there with two belts. I absolutely believe that to be the case. But I can make a case at least for Okada, which to me would put him in the main event. Can you make a case for Evil to be in that match against Tetsuya Naito when you feel like Naito's just going to lose? I mean, I can't make a case for him, for Evil in general, because him being part of LIJ, him being in the finals and uh, being facing uh, Naito and the men, him um, married or engaged to Yoshiwai, I, I just, I just, I can't make a case of anything that Evil does, and I mean, part of me, it'll be, it'll be, it will be a surprise, it'll be, it will be an upset of Evil beats Okada, but. Um, probably want to see that happen, but you want to have a, a huge match to bring fans back, both the the in Osaka Osaka Hall and in for uh, the American artists and my guy, you gotta go with Naito and Kato. Yeah. So the next night at Dominion, July twelfth, Naito takes on the winner of the New Japan Cup. Show versus Shingo Takagi for the Never Openweight Championship and Shingo's second defense. And the Dangerous Techers, the team of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., take on the Golden Aces for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Only three matches so far announced for Dominion. So, Mr. Michael Davis, we have to wrap up with this. Seth Kennedy put it out there. At Dominion, do you want to see... Toru Yano versus Hiromu Takahashi in a hair versus hair match. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. You know, and that was that. that initially was my response to I was like, no, I don't want to see that match. I have no desire to see that match. And then as I think about it further, right? It's like it's either going to be something ridiculous like that. Or they're just going to be stuck in like a six-man clusterfuck tag, you know? Like, would you rather see Yano versus Hiromu in a hair versus hair match, or would you rather see like you know uh, Honma, Ishi, and Yano versus Bushi, Hiromu, and Sonata? I mean, it would be more interesting to see them in a uh, elevator match. Having them just fight in the <laughs> elevator, <laughs> but uh, a hair versus hair match is it'll be is is boring. I mean, I'm down I, for I, it. I've, shave Yano's ass fucking bald, like just shave it, just straight scalp fucking Yano. I'm down for it. Let's do it. Hair versus hair at Dominion. I don't, don't want to see his ass on national TV. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mr. Michael Davis, 8-Track Black, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Tell the people how to get a hold of you on social media if they feel so inclined, because you post an awful lot about professional wrestling, and people deserve to hear your opinion. Well, you can find me on Twitter at MattCraziness. You can find me on Instagram on MichaelDavis612. You also subscribe to my YouTube channel, the PWHuzzleZone, where I do... The A-Trap Black Experience. I do trip reviews for my channel and also the, the official PB Hustle YouTube channel. I also do uh, reviews for WoW, New Japan, and also, if I feel like it, AEW and WWE. But I do all kinds of videos on, on YouTube, and it'll be... you want to subscribe, go right ahead. I'm not going to force you, but go ahead, go, go ahead and subscribe anyway. <laughs> You, you, you left out the Hameen Media Funniest Moments videos. Those are freaking priceless, man. We need more of those. Uh, I, I can't forget about that. I mean, I, I will be working work on more in the near future. Don't worry about that. And it'll, it'll be a banger. Trust me on that.
So that wraps up yet another edition of Destino. Thanks to 8-Track Black Michael Davis for joining me this week. And on our next episode, I'll be joined by the reporter of the people, the man himself, Big Ray Hernandez, to talk Dominion. I'm very much looking forward to that. Thanks to our friends over at Hami Media, the HTM Podcast Network, NDPW.com, Last Word on Pro Wrestling, as well as the GorillaPosition.com and the PW Hustle. Thank you for listening, and if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button on the feed that you are on, or just search Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast on your favorite listening device, and hook us up with one of those five-star ratings. It really helps out in the algorithm. Find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Find the show at DestinoPod online at DestinoPod.com. Enjoy the finals as well as Dominion, and we will talk to you next time back here on Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Adios.